Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Hello, everyone. Great to be with you again today. It is. It always is. And we hope hope you're enjoying uh, Dig a Little Deeper. Hope you're having. Um, I hope you're really enjoying the journey that we've been on together. Mm. And hey, nine episodes in. Hopefully, you've gone from a four-star rating to a five-star rating. You and if never that's know. the case, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. Well, we're, in, we're enjoying it and, uh, and, you know, for all of you, we do trust that this is helpful, that it's actually putting language to things or maybe broadening uh, your thinking about some things. It could be challenging and rattling your cage, and that's okay too. Yeah. And, and you, remember, you don't have to agree. That's right. I think that's, we've got to keep coming back to that episode. It's okay not to agree. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, if it's if you found it helpful, it'd be great if you could uh, leave it a rating. Uh, it really just helps with the visibility of the podcast. Mm. But today, we have some unfinished business. Oh, from last week. From last episode, we have some unfinished business. A question was asked and an answer was not given. So we're going to, I guess, look at that today. And the question was, um, you know, when we looked at salvation, what it means to be quote-unquote saved uh, last week, the question becomes, what are we saved from? Mm. And so we're going to talk today, we're going to talk about the wrath of God is your friend. I love that. The wrath of God (laughs) is your friend. The wrath of God is your friend. What are we saved from? So. Yeah, well, I guess another light topic we're addressing here, the wrath of God. I, I know. I mean, it was getting so heavy with sin and repentance and <laughs> salvation. Let's it up with a bit of wrath. That's a little bit of wrath. However, as the title alludes to, the wrath of God may not be as scary yeah, as I, you may imagine. I mean, that's one of the things. It's, it's, it's one of those things that can be hard to explain, particularly in an outreach situation <laughs> where people bring up, you know, but what about this angry God and the wrath of God, etc. And it can be one of those things that is seemingly indefensible in the Bible, particularly this day and age of, of you know, a, a very softened culture, a very inclusive, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um well, it's so, very difficult to explain, at least. Difficult to explain. I feel like that, yeah, yeah I remember yeah. growing up thinking, there must be a good explanation to this. I just don't know it. it. It's a prickly <laughs> topic. And um, uh, I guess if, if I was to say to the probably the average Christian trying to communicate their faith in the marketplace, you know, would it be better if the, the wrath of God was not there? Would it make it easier to communicate God? Um, the right answer would be yes. <laughs> uh, only a sad, sadistic little hater sort of thing um, would really get any joy in going, oh, yeah, God is super angry. Um, yeah. So it's funny, people that that do that, and there are people who really seem to get off. They're excited about They're that. They're excited about God being mad. Um, yeah, he's loving and all, but you know what's even better? He's angry. I know. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that they're always consider themselves on the inside. Mm. Like the, the God's wrath not is, angry at them. No, no. The wrath is always directed outward, and I think that's problematic. Like that is maybe failing to recognise what this could really be, this mm. thing we call wrath. And um, so that's what we want to talk about. You know, that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah. Um, as we go into it, um, I just want to tell a quick story, I guess, or, or give you an insight into my dad, your grandfather. He really had a temper. I mean, he was Irish and hey, God bless the Irish. I'm three quarters Irish. So, you know, and that would make you 
Oh, you're probably half. Does that and mean? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so uh, God bless the Irish. And, um, and some of us can relate to an angry father figure. Some of us can't. But Dad just had this temper. He could really go off. And as a kid, you tended to vacate really quickly. Not that he was ever violent or ever. That anger was never directed at me or, or people he loved, that kind of thing. It was more the frustration of a thrown hammer or a slammed door or, yeah. you know. And so um, we all, even if we can't relate to a father like that, uh, we've all seen people. Yeah. Go do their nana, you Just know, lose, like, lose it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so it, it's funny how we tend to uh, use those life realities and our experiences. They're filters for how we see things. And it's interesting. Scripture says God creates us or created us in His image. And if we're not careful, we return the favor. I think that was George Bernard Shaw or someone like that said. First, God created man in his image, and now we've returned the favor. In other words, often our perception of God is just like a, a big human, a okay, big one yeah. of us who thinks like us, acts like us, responds like us. We've and created him in our image that's it. rather than yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah vice versa. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, for us, if, if, if wrath, if we equate wrath to being a super angry person, which I think we tend to do. Like yeah. when we think wrath, what is that? Oh, it's when you get really, really mad. Yeah, well, I guess that's what you see in movies, right? You see the wrath of someone. Yeah. They come and knock your castle down yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You shall suffer my wrath, you know. <laughs> Face the wrath of a bad burrito or, you know, like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not a pleasant <laughs> The wrath of a bad burrito. <laughs> that sounds like another episode. <laughs> um but, you know, the fact is if, if we say God has wrath, mm. then it's natural for us in our imagination to assume that what that looks like is a really a big, super angry human, mm. um, that God is just like us. God reacts like us, mm. even though Scripture says very clearly his thoughts aren't ours, his ways aren't our ways. Uh, and this has been empowered by culture, Um you know, and not just modern culture, but, you know, if you go back to Renaissance art mm. and the imagery of God judging and God throwing people into the pit and all... Lightning bolts from heaven. Yeah, 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 which, which you know, is, is actually more relative. You, you say the lightning bolt from heaven, which is a classic understanding in our pop culture of God. Step out of line and he'll zap he'll you. zap you, yeah. Which fits with this wrathful image, and um, uh, and and yet that's actually Zeus. <laughs> you know, in Greek, Greek mythology, mythology yeah. it's Zeus who sits on the throne with the thunderbolt in his hand, not not the Creator God, not the Father of Jesus Christ. And yet we do have, and that's another episode. You know, we can have orthodox belief, but a pagan imagination. So we do need to go there. <laughs> but um, it's natural for us to assume that. If God's got wrath, it just looks like our wrath. Mm, yeah. And if my wrath is it, I'm super angry, then that's what God is too. So I reckon there's some good questions we can ask about it to help us broaden our understanding yeah. about it. Stuff like, what if wrath, the wrath of God, what if it's not personal? Okay, so what I mean by that is um, it's not God 
getting really super ticked off about something and then as in his personhood intentionally intervening to destroy, which is how we tend to see it. Mm. What if it's not that? What if God's not angry, he's protective? Okay. This is why I'm saying the wrath of God is your best friend. Let's reframe it a little bit. Without taking the reality away, let's reframe it. What if God's not angry, he's just protective? What if he's not active, but his, his wrath in that sense? What if wrath is actually passive? In other words, judgment's already been cast, that there's certain things that are a present reality with humanity that are destroying us that God has already cast judgment on. Mm. There are things he hates. <laughs> there are things that his wrath rests upon. And when you look at that in Scripture, it is all stuff that is destructive for his creation mm. and particularly humanity. Um, so what if it's not personal? And there's some hints in Scripture about this. So Romans 3, verse 5, Paul says, but if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, in other words, you know, uh, our brokenness was an opportunity for God to show just how good he, he is, um, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? And it's like, first up, you're like, well, hang on a sec, that's saying very clearly it's very personal with God. And he inflicts wrath. That That is very intentional. That is, I just got up off the throne, walked across the room and slapped you. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, what yeah. that's saying. But then Paul qualifies it and Paul often does this and it's a particular um, way of speech and way of debate that the name escapes me, but we do need to touch it when we talk about literary devices. But this was a well-known literary device where he will even take the seat of the critic and give the critic's argument and then step back in to refute the argument. And Paul does this a bit. But he says here, he qualifies it, I speak as a man. At the end of the verse, Paul says, I speak as a man. So at first this passage looks like, oh, gee, it is a very personal thing with God. He's very proactive about inflicting pain. All of a sudden this I speak as a man is a hint. Paul's saying you know, limited human understanding would perceive it this way. Yeah. But God's wrath is is not a highly charged emotional outburst where anything can happen. You know, that's God in our image. Rather, it's like more a, a God's settled disposition and purpose to oppose sin and its destructive forces. Mm. So God, God's all, yeah, is, is God... Has God got wrath? Yes. Is that wrath directed at anything? Yes. Mm. It's directed at everything that doesn't belong, everything that destroys his created order, which always works out bad for us. Mm. So you could look at it this way, like a doctor sees disease in a body and goes after it. That's going to kill you. You know, that, that needs to be cut out. We need to get rid of it, yeah. We need to get rid of it. It needs to be healed, you know, all kinds of that kind of disposition. Um, it, it's it's kind of the stuff in our diet we shouldn't eat because it's never going to end well. Mm. Um, the and, bad burritos. Yeah, the bad burrito syndrome. And, and unfortunately, you've generally already eaten it 
before you realize yeah. that this is not good for me. Yeah. Um, so if if God's wrath is 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 not necessarily an active element of God's intervention, but but rather a, like a functional reality that exists outside of created order. He's created it to function well within these parameters. We have parameters like gravity, the, the stuff that we acknowledge all the time. Mm. It makes the world work. Without gravity, we could not stand upright. Yeah. You know, however, if you defy gravity and jump off a five-story building, you're going to you pay a tremendous cost yeah. because th- this thing has been created to work a certain way. Mm. Often the problem with our humanity is we might recognise that in law of nature in that sense, natural law, but we don't recognise it in our humanity, that our relationships are meant to function a certain way. And it's like, yep, I've been given the gift of speech. It's a reality. It's very powerful. The Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. Oh, yeah. So I can either use it to build or if I use it in a way it wasn't created to be used, mm. it can be incredibly destructive. Yeah. And, we, we, you know, we've seen that on the ultimate level with, you know, a, a, a kid that gets so bullied that they take their own life. Mm. Wow, the power of, of death, death. Yeah. is in the tongue. Mm. And, uh, and so we sort of recognise that, but often in our relationships, in, in the way we want to behave, the things we want to do with our bodies, what we want to put into our bodies, etc., we just don't recognise Hey, this is this is destructive, and that's the stuff God doesn't like. Mm. So it's not God being a cosmic killjoy. He doesn't not like you. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. But however, when you step outside of the bounds of created order, wrath abides on that. Mm. You're going to feel the sting of that, and you know. Uh, uh, it's not God judging you, it's God judging sin. Is That's that a right. Way to say yeah, it? yeah, yeah. But if if you are part of that active destructive process, mm. then in that sense, part of that wrath abides on you. Mm. But it's not this active, you know, I don't like you, so I'm gonna smack you. Yeah, yeah. It's more don't go outside the boundaries. Like swim between the flags, please. There's a reason we swim between the flags. There's pain outside There's of the pain outside of it. And if yeah. you go out there, you will experience yeah. it. This thing yeah. has been set up and created beautifully to function amazingly mm. within the parameters of created order. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's part of our redemption and salvation is us returning to those original parameters even within our own lives, the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we speak. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so what if it's not personal? That's okay. So what if it's not personal? What if it's about us, not God? What if what if God's not angry, but we are? Okay. Okay. And and we probably need to even do a part two to this. I don't know where this will go, but you know, Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So um, the next verse, verse 9 is what I want to read. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. I'm reading that. Uh, I think that's New King James. But I know that some more modern translations of Scripture actually insert God there. Mm. So not just saved from wrath, but save from God's wrath. And the translators do it because if God's wrath comes up somewhere else 
in a similar passage, they're thinking, well, the intent of the author is the same, so we're going to add that in. But to tell you the truth, that is subjective. That's a matter of translation. That's a matter of interpretation. So before you're even reading Scripture to interpret it, someone has already interpreted it. Yeah. So that's why when people, reading the interpretation. When, when people say, I just believe what's in the Bible, you know, like I just interpret it plainly what's there. It's like uh, it's already been done for you. Well, that's a big shift from, <laughs> from save you from wrath and save you from and, and God's hey, And, hey, look, that is another what I just talked about yeah. with interpretation. That's another episode. But, yeah, it is a big shift. Mm. Wow, all of a sudden, um, what if saved from wrath, we shouldn't just automatically assume, because that is an assumption, that it's God's wrath, but what about if that wrath is in us? Okay. And and we see this so plainly on the cross, you know. You know, who killed Jesus? I mean, I've heard Christians sort of share the gospel in a way that it's like God killed Jesus on the cross. Mm. But actually, I thought it was people. Yeah. You know, now we understand that God recognized that as a what what you know a, a theological term that's used in Scripture three times, the propitiation or the wrath absorbing sacrifice. So God recognizes that the sins of the world were placed upon him at the cross. But I mean, who did the killing? Who yeah. poured out the wrath? Yeah. Who poured it out? Man did. It was man. Yeah. It was Roman soldiers, you know, driving nails through his hands and his feet. It was religious leaders of the day and the cronies and the crowd spitting and hissing and accusing and mocking. And it was the wrath of man poured out. Mm. And and we shouldn't see that as a national thing, as a, it was Romans and, and the and Jews. Jews. It was no. none of that. This was man. This was a representation of what was going on in the heart of man, the violence, the the anger, the fear, the everything, the the pride and the, the loss of position. You know, that's why they crucified Christ. Mm. They had a lot at stake. And it was like, you are not going to remove our power base. You're not going to challenge Caesar. You're not going to challenge Herod. You're not going to challenge the re- the religious system and the temple worship. You are you're going to die for it. Yeah. And and so the the wrath is seen so clearly to be in man when it's poured out at at the cross. Um, and so yeah, that's interesting because wrath. Let's look at the word. Wrath actually means uh, the Greek word is orge. And it's a movement or agitation of the soul. Okay. The whole thought is turmoil. Your inner world is shaking. Okay. And and it's generally applied to anger and particularly, you know, violent emotion. But it can be applied to desire, to impulse. Like it's broader than just super angry. Yeah, yeah. It's better understood initially if we, if we want to, and then we can apply it in different ways, but initially or at the base level, understand wrath as inner, uh, inner shaking, term, like an earthquake of the heart, mm. which is perfectly descriptive of what happens in the human heart when it's disconnected from the creator. If you go right back to the garden in the first story of disconnection, Adam and Eve hid God says, why? Why? Are you, why? Because we were naked and ashamed. And God's like, who told you that stuff? Mm. Like shame had never entered the equation. It wasn't part of God's intended created order. It was a 
it was a reaction yeah. to the brokenness that it ended in. And so God's like, whoa, 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 that didn't come from me. Yeah. That didn't come. Who, who's been messing here? Mm. And, and what had ended into the heart of man was wrath. Which is, I guess, just to tie back to that passive example, that's, I think, a beautiful example of it. It's man entered, but people entered into a space they weren't supposed to be in and they experienced something negative because of it. Yeah. They entered into, literally, I mean, you see the literal boundaries in uh, the Genesis story of don't touch the, don't eat the fruit mm, from that mm, tree. Mm. And they've gone into a space that has been judged, that has wrath upon it, and now they're experiencing yep. the consequences from it. Yeah. Which you can see really plainly because they ate, you know, and again, a lot of this, there's metaphor and, yeah. and, and allegory involved. But, you know, you could basically say they ate from the tree of good and evil. They wanted the decision power base of what was appropriate and what was not to no longer rest with God. Mm. In other words, they wanted to redraw the boundaries. Yeah. So they did. And all of a sudden they realised God's boundaries were really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, they moved into a place of wrath and the wrath was in them. Mm. They were experiencing for the first time being outside of created order or the way it was meant to be. So, you know, none of these terms are perfect. We're grasping for handles. We're grasping for language to put around it to create imaginations that are more helpful. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, that's one way of seeing it. So they they wanted the ability to choose for themselves. They got it, but then their choice became obvious it wasn't a great one. Yeah. And isn't that the story of humanity? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the story of our lives a lot of the time? We want to, ma- we want to use that free will to yeah. make decisions we want to make and then we face the consequences. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the, another way we could question it. What if the wrath actually abides in us? Mm. Um, and, you know, where do we go from here? What gives us hope? Well, I, I think we've got to, you know, we've got to sort of, it's funny, we always say Jesus is the answer. You know, we say it so flippantly. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe counselling a friend or whatever, hey, Jesus is the answer. And it's absolutely true. But, hey, what if Jesus really is the answer? Like, yeah, What if yeah. we actually really believe that? What if God's not angry and Jesus is the message? Which that is the gospel, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I think we all agree on that. He came to rescue, not torture. He came to reveal love. Mm. And so in Romans 5.10... It's interesting because it says, for if when we were sinners, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And I look at that passage and it's like you've got reconciliation and saved. And I'm like, I thought they were one and the same. But when we look at that, ver- the, the maybe the last episode where we addressed being saved and salvation, yeah. we realize salvation is this being put back together and made complete. So it's actually possible to be reconciled. Mm. You know, I've entered into God's story. Yeah, I'm, uh, God's okay with me. Yeah, 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 but I'm far from complete. Mm. You know, there's still a lot of work to be done, and I think that's what Paul is saying here. Um, it's, it's, it's possible to be reconciled, but for wrath to still abide within you. 
So we have this negative view of wrath of it's for the really bad people and God's going to judge it all at the end and it's it's you know it's going to all be separated and we're going to see who was right, who was wrong, who was in, who was out. We have the, but that is such a, a a narrow view. Yeah. Because you can actually be reconciled and still have this stuff going on inside you. And we see that. We see that with with people who behave poorly, Christians who you know, may use lack of integrity in business with ministers with a moral failure, with whatever. And we shouldn't just look outward. We should be looking at our own lives and going, hmm, I think there's still a bit of wrath going on in here. Yeah, I'm still disturbed about things. I, I still lose my peace. I still lose my stuff. I still have outbursts. I still want to bite words out of the air that I've said because I regret what I've said. Mm. They're all indicators that wrath is actually at work in us. Yeah. But the good news is we'll be saved from wrath yeah, through yeah. him. It's this ongoing process, it's not just this one-off. It's not like I'm in Jesus, now I'm cool. Mm. You know, that's a different topic. That's assurance. That's this sense of I've got him as a foundation. I know, know who I believed. And even through my foibles, I trust him that he's got me. That's mm. a different topic. But here it's like we need to recognize wrath is not just for judgment day. It's not that judgment day's already happened. Sin was judged on the cross. Yeah. You know, and and whatever abides out of created order, whatever happens outside of created order, that has already been judged as not being helpful, mm. not being appropriate not being part of the human story, or it shouldn't be. It is a part, but God's determined to sort of weed it out in a sense. I hope that makes some sort of sense. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's great. So, like, (laughs) the wrath of God is your friend. The wrath of God is your friend because it's judging stuff that's happening in us, like anger an offence, like uh, you can't stay offended and keep following Jesus. It's not mm. that Jesus doesn't want you to, but you will definitely go off on a tangent if you don't deal with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Bitterness, hatred, the wrath of God abides on that stuff. Don't let it live in your heart. Yeah. Um, you know, fear that drives you, pride that drives you to manipulate other people, all kinds of expressions of human brokenness, the wrath of God abides upon it. We all struggle with it. It's a part of all of our journeys. Mm. But but the wrath of God is your friend because it's determined to bring peace where there's turmoil, to bring healing where there's brokenness, to help us recognise these things do not help. help me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I guess ultimately looking at Jesus as the answer that there can be freedom and we can live free. From those things, we don't have to be ruled by them. That's it anymore, or That's li- it. And limited by them in a sense, because all those things are going to limit your life. Yeah, um, absolutely. So there's, I'm in the swear jar again. Absolutely, there you go. Yeah. There we go again. Ten dollars. I think so, I don't think I've said it. I don't think. <laughs> I think you've been very good. Um, I've but been very quiet, just trying not to say it. No. I, I think it's it's just so much more helpful to understand bar- uh, boundaries. You know, moral imperatives in a sense, but boundaries, created order. It's it's not a potential restriction of your freedom. Mm. It's a safe place to live. Yeah, wow. Where there is no wrath. Mm. There is no turmoil. There is no inner tearing and upheaval and emotional earthquakes. Mm. That, that doesn't exist. 
when you're actually within the boundaries God's created for us to live within. Yeah. Um, you know, we this understanding wrath this way should make us think that, you know, we should not be fearful of a God who gets takes personal offence at our brokenness and is going to step in and do something Punish violent us, towards yeah. us as much as we should be really taking notice of the frustration and anger and fear and stuff that's happening within us. Mm, yeah. That is a far more dangerous proposition yeah. than a God who actually paid an incredible price to let us know that he loved us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the question for us becomes, you know, will we allow Jesus to save us from ourselves, mm. to save us from the wrath? Yeah. Will we let him do it? Will we let him bring wholeness? Will we let, will we let him piece us back together? so that we can fully reflect who we were created to be. It's great. <laughs> and it's Wrath is your best wrath friend. Wrath <laughs> is your best friend. There you go. Well, that's helpful for me. That's that's really encouraging. And I'm sure it is for people out there also. Well, very good. Uh, thank you, Levi, for speaking with me. Well, and, thank, uh, thank you for speaking with me. And, and <laughs> to everyone who's been part of the conversation, um, hey, we appreciate you. We hope you got something out of it. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, be interesting what we get up to next week. That's right. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey, 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 everyone. It's Becky here. Thanks so much for listening to Dig a Little Deeper this week. It's been great to have you join us. Why don't you leave us a rating or a review or flick us an email at digalittledeeper at newhope.org.au. Why don't you join us next week as Pastor Chris and Pastor Levi discuss Theology Fertilizer. I don't know about you, but... I'm not sure. Is it going to be about gardening? Isn't it going to be about gardening? I guess you'll have to tune back in next week. (laughs) In the meantime, you can check out the New Hope Church podcast for preaching from Pastor Chris and Pastor Levi. Or why don't you take a walk in the park? The parks are so lovely this time of year. Thanks again. We can't wait to have you join us next week. Oh, actually, I forgot about the... Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, dang it. Bye.